are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking to Tom Fuller. Yeah. yeah. How you like me now? How you like me now? I know who we like. We like our listeners. We love our listeners. Our nooners, as we refer to them. Uh, but this has probably happened on the two shows that got you to this point. The drill this morning, Jaguars today. But uh, let's keep it going. A round of applause for our listeners uh, and what you did yesterday uh, throughout the course of the day. Uh, Tom Coughlin came up with a great slogan when he first started the J Fund, and it was very simple. Be there. Be there for families with children that have been diagnosed with cancer. And just a super salute to everybody uh, because we flew over that goal of 200 grand. And we said quarter of a million to everybody around noon yesterday, Leon, and we got there, baby. Over $250,000. Huge, raised. nasty cash. Over two sixty. dollars yeah. by yeah. the way, the final yeah. tally. Nice. Big numbers, big nasty I love numbers. It. I love I'm it. not surprised. That's how I do what, that's how I do what I do, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's how they do. <laughs> and look, uh, it, it came in so many different forms. It came from so many different people. Uh, people that either are here, have been here forever, recently moved, recently moved away, whatever it was, uh, it's all a Duval. And, and I say that uh, in the sincerest way possible. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we know the J Fund uh, says thank you uh, for all the generosity. And, you know, we're the pipeline, we're the funnel, we're the conduit. Uh, but uh, definitely that was you all uh, getting that done. So with that, we have made it to a Thursday. So that's also the beginning of our weekend. Great way to get it going. We do not have your Jaguars on Sunday. We have them on Monday, but we got plenty of ball to get into and look at, uh, including tonight's action and then into the weekend, SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, all of them, Pac-12, Friday night and Saturday with your championship games that will be going on. we got so much to get into, but we thought we would start it off with, JJ, do you have the soundbite? November 30th, 1993. I do. So this is, uh, it has Paul Tagliabue at the end. Okay. But the lead-in is a voice that you might recognize from these airwaves. Right. Wait a minute. There go all the Jaguars. They're going into the foreign boardroom. Duran, do we got the team? We got the team, Duran. Quinn it's my pleasure to announce that the uh, membership has selected Jacksonville as the 30th NFL club. And, and look, Obviously, you, Dan Hicken. You, that, that's, the, that's the great Dan Hicken, or as Timmy Tebow would say, hi, Mr. Hicken. The we hicking with the we. <laughs> yeah. The funny part is, is that <laughs> we get the team. Uh, yeah. Shameless plug here: if you go to our 1010XL social channels, uh, we're currently running a thing where we want you to send us, uh, you know, like your thoughts of where were you and things that happened on November 30th, 1993. So I'll read those here in just a second. But we were workshopping, trying to make this post photos of all of the 1010 hosts from November 30th, 1993, and I was like, we know where Hickam was. This should be an easy find. Yeah. Yeah, he was well, there in Chicago. Yeah, he was there. 
David Lamb was there. There were very few. Gene was there. That uh, when you go back in time, uh, that were there. Sam McVaris, they were, you know, a lot of those guys, individuals were there. And, you know, it's so funny when Taylor says, shoot us a picture from 1990. You know, we didn't carry our phones around in 1993. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you know that, but we did not. Did we have cameras. We didn't have cameras <laughs> yeah. on, the phone. The, on the phone, did yeah. we? Also, yeah. like, do you guys not carry throwback pictures readily on your phone? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, not no. from 30 years ago. No, but no? Oh, no. I do. I have them from then. See, that we do not doubt. Well, me, I was me, also one me, year. I was one me, year. Yeah, exactly. You're only 30. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I was a year old. <laughs> yeah, but look at this. This one we did find. Look, okay? That's some look of desperation yeah. right there. And that is. And, and I remember where I was, too. I went and looked November, uh, November 30th, 1993. YouTubers can see it. Oh, yeah. November 30th, 1993. <laughs> Two days prior to that, I was playing on a Sunday night football game against the Houston Oilers in the Astrodome. I got rocked for three sacks. <laughs> You know what that is? That's the look on your face? Mm. Bro, I'm dying. Uh, that's, you saw that's the look it's of desperation, bro. Help. That's like you asking for help, and there's no one. There's no no one's coming. There, no one's coming. It's an oh, shh. Yeah, bro. Look. I got rock, bro. That's my first year started. I was just here before the show started, just making up a, a, a litany of excuses why I gave up those three sacks. Doesn't matter. Oh, give up three sacks. That, ain't no, that ain't no shh. That passed a long time ago. That's yeah. like, I'm done, bro. Well, that, I, listen, William Fuller, if you out there, you damn son you. of a gun. <laughs> Leon's like I was young. I was young. It was in the Astrodome. It was loud. I had turf. a bad week of practice. Savage. <laughs> Twisted my ankle coming out of the exactly tunnel. Exactly that part. All right. So we definitely want to hear, and we'll set it up with our our, our X poll, JJ, and and we just want our all of our nooners. If you were around, if you do remember it, you know anything like that, we would love for you to give us just a little slice and, and flavor of, of what it was. Now, look, I, I've told you guys. I'll just tell you right now what my memory of it was. Okay, my memory is I am a blue collar boy. Okay, I have come out of the University of Florida. I have graduated and I did not have a job. And the old man, KC, said, come on back. And I was a glass man. Okay, I was working my fanny off, doing whatever I could do to make as much as I could. And I'm wanting to get into this thing called sports radio at about that time. And it started a show. In St. Aug. Anyway, I'm I'm eight to five working, installing glass and everything else, and then doing a show Monday nights, Saturday nights. And this announcement comes down, and we're running through a constructed house that we didn't own. Okay, and we're high fiving and getting all fired up. And then I'll never forget it. Frank Frangi and David Lamb. They were all celebrating, and by the time it was all done, David Lamb was up on a take. Think about this. On a tabletop, David Lamb got up onto a tabletop. I don't believe it. It's true. It's true. I don't want a picture. I yeah, need but video I'm trying. Evidence. Yeah. yeah. I need video First evidence. off, who helped him? That's the yeah, well. We don't know. We don't know because I was in the parking lot outside the uh, old Gator Bowl mm-hmm. one time where I did see him topple a picnic uh, bench. But that's a total another story. But he w- and they were just having the biggest time. At that one of the I local- believe. Yeah, one of the local sports bars, and and it was just it was just everyone was just going crazy. So let us know, JJ. Go ahead and set it up on social, and that way, hopefully, they can join us on X and give us an idea of what they were. Question doing. Question of the day, as always, brought to you by Beaver Toyota of Saint Augustine. What are your memories of November thirtieth, nineteen ninety three? Simple as that. Yeah. So give it. Send to us, us a picture 
of you in 1993 if possible as well. That's the real goal, honestly. Like, (laughs) it was very disappointing when we were workshopping in our group chat this morning. I don't know what you guys expected. And Taylor was like... such a very young generational (laughs) question to, to like, expect people to have photos. Taylor was like... Mia, they're not going to have them readily available. We should have asked a couple weeks ago. And well, it's very true. You're, you're, you're and correct there. I was like, there. here's three of me. So because, because I've got like two or three places I probably could go and find something. But Graham did this once before, uh, the, the Graham Mertz of 1010XL. And I'm like, bro, college? Okay, we were not rolling around with our phones in our back pocket. Did you okay? have like pictures, like cameras? With something else yeah, yeah we might have been rolling around with something else. And and. No, people that. weren't walking around with cameras. We didn't even <laughs> capture no. memories that often. Uh, we made memories and then quickly forgot them. That's basically how it went. We came, we saw, we heard, we had a good time. Well, we wanted to forget yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, we, we came, had a great time. Yeah, we came, oh, we saw, and we heard, we had a good time. Yeah. That, that's that's how it went back then. But you know, so just if you can go back. And but to be it. fair, if we had phones back then, we'd have been taking pictures. Oh yeah, so I can't. But really. honestly, mm-hmm. the essence of yeah. 1993, and I'm not making this up. And people who grew up here, lived here, they all know this. This team coming to this town was one of the greater upsets in the National Football League as far as what the outside world was thinking. What were the other cities? You had, I go back and look, but roughly I'm remembering Baltimore, St. Louis. There might have been a Birmingham or San Antonio. I have to go and take a look. Say it again. I think Memphis was part of it. Yeah, it might have been. Let's make this the 10-10 take, JJ, because honestly, if you go back in time, and there will be plenty that will hit us on the text line with this. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. So Sonny's has been around since 1968. They've been cooking it up, and you know what they had to do? They had to prove it to people, okay? We could smoke it slow and serve it fast, and that's what they did, and they were a success. And so Sonny's all over the first coast. You can appreciate them for the hard work they put in. Well, this town had put the hard work in, and it had been turned away. They were the the at the ball, just left behind and not asked to dance, all right? They were the ones that were just the redheaded stepchild, as they used to say back then, left behind, discounted, not taken seriously, on and on and on. Colt fever in 1979 when they landed inside the old Gator Bowl and had what was it, 40,000 people saying bring NFL or bring professional football to the city, and no one thought it possible. And then in 1993, and they all went with their cities and their pitches to the NFL, and they said, you've got 30 days, come back, and let's see something better. And Jacksonville sold out all their club seats, 10,000 seats in 10 days, and they went back and they said, we've done everything you've asked us. And that was the great legendary story about how the NFL said, hey, Wayne, Wayne Weaver, we want you. You can pick any city you want. We want you in our club. And Wayne said, guess what? My city is Jacksonville. I ain't changing. And it was just an unbelievable time. And you finally were validated as a city that you were going to be in an NFL franchise. That's a 10-10 take. And, Matt, you were around. I told you to look up the story you were writing at Deadline that day. I don't know if you can remember. The problem it, is, 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 you know, the Times Union before they got bought by Gannett used to have this great history bank. Like uh, archive? It was, it was more than an archive, believe me. I mean, they went all the way back to, like, the, ni- the, like, the early 90s, late 80s. And you could get any story. And then once Gannett got them, that, it, it swallowed it all up. So I couldn't find it online. But, yeah, I was – I can't – like, you asked me, what's my memory? My yeah. memory is being on Deadline. Just being on memory. Deadline. Yeah. yeah, and you got to get it done. So here's one on well, the – There was a buzz. There was definitely a buzz in the newsroom. There was a 
obviously a buzz in the city. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there was a lot going on, man. A and, lot. And so when you, you like you read this text, to age the day, when we got the Jags, my beeper went crazy for 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that, that is what it I was remember. back then. And, yeah. if, you know, you were, you were I, playing. I got, I got a beeper boy before I got a phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, back in the day you had those uh, phone cards. So when your beeper went off, you just went to the, uh, you went to the, what you call it? The phone booth. The phone booth. Yeah. And you, you, you call whoever will beep you. Well, we got another one. This is from 472. 30 years ago, I was working at Merrill Lynch. My roommate was at home watching the announcement called. I put him on speakerphone so everyone could hear the announcement because there were no TVs on the office floor. And everyone went nuts. Yeah, mm. yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, we even have someone uh, shooting us a topless photo uh, on the text line of 1993. Uh, it is a dude, so it is allowed. Oh, uh, but that's uh, disappointing. You went straight there. It is allowed. Uh, but you can give us what you were doing, anything like that, if you want to go in picture story. Wow, he form. looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. He looks like he's in great shape. I, I, I want to see a then and now from him. Okay? Yeah. All right. All right. Exactly. Uh, Take your shirt off, yeah. please. Send yeah. us a photo. No, right. please, though. 40 year old you. All right. Keep it going. You can hit X, Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy. They've got the X poll, and they would love for you to give us where you were, when it went down, and if you remember it, give us some story uh, on November 30th, 1993, the day your Jacksonville Jaguars were born. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We're getting some absolutely tremendous responses on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Where were you on November 30th, 1993, when the Jacksonville Jaguars were awarded to the city of Jacksonville? But before we read some of these, Leon's got some fire. I do. From, from November 1993, from the year 1993. Yeah. Some, some of these numbers are absurd. How much was a loaf of bread in 1993? A, a loaf of bread in 1993 was $1.57. Wow. Okay. Let me see. The average cost of a car, new car mm-hmm. was $12,000. I take that right now. A movie ticket, $4.14. Oh, my God. Gas. That means popcorn was only like $14 then. <laughs> Gas? Gas was $1.16 a gallon. Wow. Whoa. Average the re- average the rent month, is the craziest. Average monthly rent, five thirty two a month. Everyone out there right now, but Harvard, the tuition at Harvard mm-hmm. was still twenty three thousand. Oh my god! Yeah, but now that's like per quarter. Oh, uh, you're right. What was the average cost of a home? The average cost of a home uh, in 1993 was one hundred thirteen thousand. That is. Just I don't want to get into economics, but like. From 1800 to 1900, we didn't have this inflation. <laughs> no, it was just like, this is what happens when you just print money. Oh, my like, God. Like, things, sh- th- it's not naturally should be that, folks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it, it's crazy because, honestly, in 1995, TLD and I, the lovely Diane, we were building our first house. Me too. And so that's right around that time when everything's going on. And so, and I'm, I'm laying and slaying, doing everything I could to trade things off left and right. Anyway, we built it for, like, 70 grand. My mm. first house in Argyle Forest in 92, right, right into 93, $65,000. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's it was nuts. considered like crazy money. Go through those, uh, those movies, Leon. Oh, the top movies back yes, then. Yes, yes. The top movies in 1993 were Jurassic Park. Banger. Mrs. Doubtfire. Banger. The Firm. Banger. Sleepless in Seattle. Banger. 
I don't know about that one. <laughs> it's a great movie. Have you seen that right. movie? Yeah. It's, a, it's a not, not my favorite. All right. Classic movie. The Fugitive. Oh, I love That's it. a great movie. Indecent Proposal. Another In the Line one. of Fire. Another great one. The Pelican Brief. Another mm-hmm. great one. Mm-hmm. Schindler's List. Another great one. Cliffhanger. Another great one. In Philadelphia. Another great one. Yeah. Oh, those good are movies, good movies. Huh? Nowadays, yeah. I mean... You you'll be lucky to get like one a good movie right, coming you, out this year. Yeah, if you fast forward thirty years ago or or thirty years from now, and they read the list of movies right now, they will not roll off the tongue like those. <laughs> no. just well, they'll no. be like uh, Napoleon. No. Never heard of it? Maybe uh, yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. My yeah. favorite though was the music. And the most popular musician in nineteen ninety three. Was Snoop D O double G? Was it? The OG. It was. Yes, that was his first. Yeah. Snoop D-O-double-G, baby. I love Snoop. Yeah. I love it. school, too. But also, Garth Brooks was right behind him, though. Okay. And then I was Janet Jackson. To, and Janet Garth Jackson. Brooks is behind no one, Leon. Yeah. Well, I, he's behind <laughs> Snoop that day. Maybe Snoop. <laughs> Snoop. He's behind no one. Money. Yeah. money you know, oh, yeah. Not money. We will yeah. read some of these on the text line throughout the duration of today's two-hour program because, yes, unfortunately, it is a Thursday, so we are only with you until 2. But I have to read this one from our good buddy, Bush Drive Rich, because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to get you laughing. Great day I will never forget. I was in school at Southern Baptist Academy, which is now Seacoast Christian. My dad came and got me out of school early so we could go downtown to get our season tickets. Afterward, he stopped and got a pint of tangere and a six-pack of Loemra. That was also the day of my first beer as well. Isn't Seacoast Christian like a middle school? Loemra <laughs> was the best beer ever. I know my homie Joe C. remembers that brand. Well, yeah, listen, because uh, my, my great line, I went through the pandemic and I had never gone two days without a beer since I was 13, so I know exactly what Bush Driveridge is talking about. Uh, Roly, uh, he put the Roland Deli uh, from the AUG. He said he was a junior at Flagler. A uh, few of us came up to hit balls at the Avenue's driving range, then went to the mall, stood outside the electronic store. <laughs> the electronic store with Radio a ton Shad. of other people and watched the announcement. Place went crazy. Very cool. And I do love this. Hit the rooster on the way home. That's a good little dive bar on US Mm. one. Absolutely wild. Uh, Do want to hit a couple of that's um, both from the college and from the NFL ranks, JJ. So let's just hit one, and then I'll hit both of these. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since I know a couple of you guys have submitted this on the text line, do want to address it. Uh, There is currently a warrant out for Von Miller's arrest for alleged assault of a pregnant person. So that's obviously a story we will monitor. The Buffalo Bills are on their bye this week. And in college football, oh, my goodness, Oregon State quarterback DJ Uyunglele is set to enter the transfer portal again. Mm. I heard he's going back to Clemson. Yeah, he might be. But, like, that. How? Like I, under- the- I understand. Oh, he's, a grad- he's a grad transfer. Right, he's a grad he, transfer. He the COVID year, he has an extra year. Head coach just left. Head yeah. coach just left. Right, but I mean, and by the way, three school. Like, we're looking at like you know the JT Daniels thing where he mm-hmm. was at four schools in six years or whatever it was. Yeah, and DJ mm-hmm. at least was two years at Clemson. Correct, two years. Three. three. Was it three? Wow. Yeah, two okay. at Oregon State. Yes. Yeah, one at Oregon. Just State. one. one. Yeah, just one. And, and Jonathan Smith, by the way, earned an opportunity to go coach uh, and get a bigger sure. game. We've had him on. We know the, the type of guy that he is. He coaches up a great offense and did a lot of great things for DJU. He really did. Yeah. Um, I do love one of the pictures on the text line. This was me back in the day in the 90s, and he's rocking a 20 jersey. And I'm mm. thinking, kind of looks like 
Donovan Darius, but it it you know it kind of looks like him a little bit. So that's why he probably chose uh, that number twenty. So keep him coming. Uh, six four one ten ten. All right. Now since we're doing this back in the day, and we did the Tom Coughlin J Fund yesterday, how about a bold fact? And let's just kind of tie all this together. All right. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery. Online at boldcitybrewery.com. Now, I love my Thursday liner for the Bold City Brewery. It's a burger, a brew, and bingo. Okay? You get a Isn't smash. There a show on Food TV called that now? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But burger, brew, and bingo. Nice combination. Three B's, and you can enjoy it tonight. They got the Smash Burger special. They've got the BOGO action when it comes to any one of their great crafts, bingo, and prizes. So make sure you check out Bold City downtown, especially when you're getting ready for Monday Night Football, and then the production house on Roselle Street over in Riverside. You can log on BoldCityBrewery.com and check out all that they've got cranking in the craft department. So Tom Coughlin ranks among the top 15 in all-time wins in the National Football League. I believe he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think too many people in this room would argue. Who is he tied with? All-time wins, 170. It's going to be somebody random like Jeff Fisher. I was just going to guess. That's a pretty yep. good one. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Jeff Fisher. I'm going to go Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, I like that one, too. I'm going to say Dan Reeves. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like Dan. I'll give you another clue. Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, both of you guys like that, Schottenheimer? Um, I'll give you another clue. He's tied with two, so you have twice the opportunity to get this right. Wow. Oh, okay. Did you say Marty Schottenheimer? I did. <laughs> like two seconds before you did. You're like, that's I'm a searching. good one. I'm going to go with no, Marty I'm, I'm Schottenheimer. Actually su- I'm actually searching on this. <laughs> you know what? It probably popped in his head like, oh, I got an idea. I like um, Marty. Um, no, no, nobody. Nobody. Hang on, just hang on. I'm going to say Mike Shanahan. Oh, I got one. Uh, does he have more than that, maybe? No, you can push one. I was going to say Dick Abramski. Hmm. All right, I'll give you a clue. There's two of them that have the same name. Whoa. whoa. Like first name? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And we, we got to go ahead and get this taken care of. Please. So yeah. I want you to ding up one J.J. LaSalva because nice. he just hit one of them. Ooh. Mike Shanahan. Mike uh, Shanahan. Yeah. So another one, Mike we're looking for. Mike Shanahan, 170 Mike wins. Oh. And Mike Holmgren. Holmgren? Nope. Mm. Mike. It's not Mike McCoy. I know that. Mike Shula. He never loses. He never has a losing season. Tomlin. Mike oh. Tomlin. Oh. How about that? Wow. So, he's all the way up. To I mean, honestly, 50. I was initially I was going to say him, and I thought, no, he's got more than 170. Yeah. 170. Wow. And so TC. Is, is you know, and by the way, he's only 20 games over 500, but still bringing up a franchise. I listened to him yesterday on on the Frangie show. Just what a a great human being. Just what a great. But he told some of those great stories about the trailer and and everything that they had to deal with uh, back then. But yeah, 170 tied. Right now with Mike Tomlin, who you can expect to pass him, and then he and Mike Shanahan will remain tied. Mike Shanahan, by the way, was at I yeah. I don't remember. I think it was maybe on Thanksgiving. They kept showing him during his son's game. Looks great. Yeah, he does. Looks he does. like he hasn't aged a second. Nah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think, you didn't think he, he looked was, good? He was gray everywhere, bro. Oh, he uh, was yeah, gray. he was gray, but I'm talking about the rest. Oh, the rest he was okay. Now, yeah. what about um, 
during the broadcast. Who was performing at halftime? Adali was performing again. Like she's been all over the TV. Did you guys see that? I saw Thanksgiving. The she yeah, was the like Thanksgiving. holding on the whole time. And Dude. that was right after. She, well, first of all, terrible set design given her limitations. <laughs> yeah, and that exactly. was, of course, after she had been at the Tennessee game yeah. a week earlier. That's what I'm saying. She's everywhere. It's like, I want you to put me in a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader uniform, but I'm going to need railing. I'm going to need railing <laughs> need hand because rail. it was crazy. <laughs> and she sang Jolene and nine after five. And <laughs> she's, she's just, a hit though. I, I don't know if the outfit was good for someone that I, age. I kind That's of agree. All. I kind of agree. It's a little, made me feel a little. I just felt bad. Dolly outfit would have worked. <laughs> yeah. I just felt bad. Like, why not just give her a handheld mic then? Yeah. Because she was just like awkwardly like walking two steps to the left, right. two steps to the right, have... holding on against yeah. this like th- this construction. <laughs> Looked like she was on the Titanic there yeah. for a minute. Edifice behind yeah. her. Yeah, it was, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll get it back to sports <laughs> coming up next right here on XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by. Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So here's a new one. Uh, J.J. Watt just tweeted the following. Trying new things in retirement. So let's steal Adam Schefter's job for a day. (laughs) Tight end Zach Ertz has requested and been granted his release from the Arizona Cardinals. The three-time Pro Bowler plans to sign with a contender and make a run at his second Super Bowl ring. This is easy, Adam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is easy. I love it. Uh, he's got that inside connection. So Zach Ertz wants to go play for somebody else. Yes. Yeah, which uh, got a little bit left in the tank, Leon. Not not a ton, but a little bit. I don't know how many years has he played? What, 12, 13, something like that? I think he got drafted. I mean, I, uh, well, he's listen. probably at least a 10-year veteran. Ten years, I would I, oh, at least 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah because listen, at this particular time, he's made, he's, all the, he's made all the money he's, he figures he was going to make. And then, you know, towards the tail end of your career, you, you – the spark, you you want the ring, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you want to find a team to get the ring. But what team out there is actually a contender that he could go to that actually needs a tight end of his services? The Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Maybe. Be, well, maybe. because Goddard got hurt, and God, that might be hurt. really the only reason. They haven't featured too much of that tight end game since mm-hmm. Goddard got hurt. So that actually is, you know, come back home possible. Uh not having it here because I mean, the Doug Cowboys now. are pretty happy with their tight ends. Yeah, they're good. What with the Ravens? They lost Andrews. Mark Andrews, that's true. They lost Andrews. But they're pretty but happy with Likely. Yeah, 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 they like Likely. They like Charlie Kohler. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs, uh-huh. like, I mean, do you. Yeah, it'll have I, to reach another level of desperation, you would think, which could mm-hmm. happen. We have six, mm-hmm. six weeks left. True. So it definitely could happen. Uh, your eight and three Jacksonville Jaguars Monday Night Football against the Burrowless Bengals. He did tweet out that he had successful surgery, and it was that ligament in the wrist. So we'll find out, you know, ultimately how long it takes him. You just know that he's gone for the year. He is not coming back. We need to look at the rest of the other storylines in the National Football League uh, before we are done. But we've been having fun going back in time. JJ, hit us on the X poll if you do have replies there. As far as where were you? November 30th, 1993, high tide on the south side flashes a picture, the youngster that he was uh, back in 1993. And then we had a then and now uh, from one of our dudes who went from number 20 back then to number eight uh, later. So he's still rocking it. Actually, I take that back. Not number eight. What am I saying? He's rocking the cow. I love this number zero. I'm all in on that. I love it. One of the good rule changes of the NFL. Yeah. But, yes, question today, as always, brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. What are your memories of November 30th, 1993? So someone says, I was working in Atlanta, didn't have access to a phone. 
A friend in the hallway told me Jacksonville got the team. I ran down the street to a payphone, called my parents to confirm it. They held the phone to the TV, and I heard the announcement. Um, someone says, getting ready for a home game back in the day. He had a number 20 jersey on. Yeah. Not sure who that was. Uh-huh. Um, someone, I bought these bottles from a store back in 1993. I love that. He still has them. Old Coca-Cola Jacksonville. Oh, Look at yeah. that logo. Yeah. That was discontinued. It was I'm a sure bit of a ripoff. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they had the rights to that. Uh, someone else was at Hooters at the Landing. Lots of fun. Oh, yeah, because you know people were partying. They were waiting for that announcement to come down. I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. seemed like it hit that you know, end-of-the-day news, 4.30, 5 o'clock, something like that. Uh, uh, one off the text line, I was working at a pipe plant. I don't I, even know what that means. It could mean a lot of things. <laughs> I was working at a pipe plant when I heard the news. I started running around caught my pants on one of the machines and ripped them so I had to tape them up in duct tape uh, to finish my shift. That's beautiful. And look, First that, off, we got a picture of high tide. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, again, you, you are catching up. I do love it because he is, he is a youngster back then. Youngster. Youngster. But, He's got Bama bangs. Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's probably about Where's, the time he might have been wow. matriculating. That's high tide. And I you hope know, you guys are You know who together. high tide is, right? When he stops yeah. by the remote? Yeah. That's yeah. high tide. Wow. Looks what like would you say, JJ? I said I hope they're still together. Boy yeah, band. I'm guessing they band. are. <laughs> he is a boy band guy. Yeah, exactly. Him. Yeah. You one of the lost Hansons. Like wham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wham. <laughs> All right, so if you have some of those from back then, uh, definitely let us know. Now, we've got to talk a little bit about the big ball games that are coming up tomorrow night and Saturday, and I'm looking at some of the numbers, and Matt, I've got, I'm not going to say that I think Alabama can pull off the upset definitively, but they've got a couple of things that are working for them that certainly will help them. I want Georgia fan to picture this a little bit. How many times have you seen Carson Beck get hit? How many times have you seen him under duress? How many times have you seen him stressed, knocked down, or anything like that. He's played out of a fairly clean pocket. He really has. And now you're going to see a Bama pass rush that is likely the best that Georgia will have seen to this point. I don't know about that. Okay, give it to me then. That's why I'm looking at you. I think think Alabama's – Tennessee's pass rush is better. I think Missouri's – You're going to say Tennessee's pass rush is better than Alabama's. If you look at the Southeastern Conference, okay – Sacks, team sacks in the Southeastern Conference. Tennessee has 36. Alabama has 36. Mm-hmm. Right? They're stat wise, they're the same. Right. Tennessee is, they're quicker off the edge. I mean, Alabama is, they're disruptive in the middle, mm-hmm. in the interior, and with, of course, Dallas Turner on the, on the edge. Right. So, I mean, it's going to be an issue. All. Dallas. Right. Dirty hits all. Yeah. It's certainly going to be an issue, but they also play Missouri, which is number four in the <clears> league in, in sacks, and Ole Miss, which is number five in the league. Yeah, in I definitely sacks. will give Missouri. So they're, a nod. Yeah, they're, my point is they're really good on the offensive line, and I think that's the that's the bigger issue, I think, for Alabama right now is, and it's not only pass pro, and this is what everybody, I think, is losing sight of. In the last month, Georgia's run game has become the real deal. Mm-hmm. They've changed in the middle three in the last month. Like, they are stronger. They're more healthy. Yeah. Um, Cedric Van Pran is now the healthy he's been all season. Their run game is, woo, I mean – this is going to be a problem for Alabama Saturday. I, I do know that the uptick in yards per carry, the success rate in rushing yards, it definitely has – we've seen that, that, that leg up like you're describing. On the other side of that, an Alabama offensive line that gave up, what was it, seven, eight sacks to USF 
week three, which I understand it, we are a far cry yeah, away exactly. from week three. But that offensive line still had questions, even in the heart of SEC play. Still does. They, they gave up 39 sacks this year. And, and, and I'm not even I'm I'm not dogging the dogs when I say this, but they haven't necessarily gotten to the quarterback. The numbers that you're mentioning right now, you would think you know Georgia with all that they've had, Leon. Who have they had? <laughs> Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis. You can go on and on and on with the guys that applied Trayvon Walker applied pressure to the quarterback. They haven't necessarily had that this year. Now they've taken care of business, but they haven't. That has not been one of their main calling cards. Well, I mean, it hasn't side. been stellar because I mean, you don't have that. You, you lost a, a litany of NFL talent on, on yeah. the defensive side of the ball. So these guys that you're seeing right now, you know, these are step up guys. These guys got to step up and play. And for the most part, they have. My interesting thing is that the, the two games that I watched, the Alabama play Auburn and mm-hmm. Georgia play Auburn, both both teams were run on by Auburn. I don't know if the style of play or Auburn or the offensive line or whatever. Right. But they're both gettable on on the defensive side if you run if you establish the run. And as far as Carson Beck goes, I, I, there's never been a time where I saw him rattled. So that's got to be that, that that's got to be attributed to the protection of the offensive line as well. I mean, he seems poised in that pocket even when he's getting pressure. Yeah, he is. The, he has played without without a lot of stress or under duress very often throughout. We're talking twelve <clears throat> football games. That's pretty damn good. That's a high praise to that offensive now, line. To be fair to Georgia is we're talking about the Alabama defense on Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, Jalen Miller hasn't seen anything like what he's going to see Saturday. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. That defense. You, look, I know they only have 25 sacks, and I know they're not like they don't get after the quarterback like they did the last few years. They can still affect the quarterback, yeah. and they still got guys that can run in the in the well, front. Well, I I do think his well, improvisational <laughs> game will will be a strong suit for him. Milrow will be taking well, off and trying to figure out where he can make. And plays. according to one texture on the text line, "Design my lifetime closures." Jace McClellan not playing. Matt, yes, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's iffy. Okay, it's questionable. Well, here's, well, here's the thing about George. I mean, how I mean, as dominating as a team as they were last year, how much is that now living off that reputation? Because you just said that they down, they give up a lot of yards rushing, they don't have as many sacks, they don't have the same NFL talent that they had last year. I mean, but I know they still swarm the ball. I mean, I'm just saying when you come into a game mentally and you think about Georgia defense, is it more a reflection of what they no, were or no. is it what they are? No, because they stop the run like they always have done. Okay, all right. And mm-hmm. they, they may not have as many sacks. They, they probably cover better this year than they did last year, mm-hmm. covering the back end. So they're – this is going to be some heavy lifting for Alabama on Saturday. Yeah, and it's heavy just that lifting. it's the big play possibility, and the reason why I'm at least looking at Alabama in that number is because of what Jalen Milrow represents, the threat of run, which he is good at sure. it, and the threat of the deep ball. You know, He's going to forever be remembered for 4th and 31. But listen to these numbers, all right? Seven rushing touchdowns, nearly 300 rushing yards in the last four games for Milrow. Okay, so he's averaging around 80 yards per game seven rushing touchdowns, just four sacks, okay? So he's a smarter quarterback right now. Take a look at his QBR. Four sacks compared to 30 that he took in the first seven games. But, and I also will say this lot. too, though. The line's getting better, Yeah. so that helps, but he's taken a lot of hits in November. Yeah. And in each one of these he last three games, he's gotten Saturday. up, and, and you look, is he going to keep going? Yeah. The Kentucky game especially, he's going to get hit again Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, the, the, I mean, the, the clearly – the problem is, the, the, the fear is, if you're an Alabama fan, he's going to get hit. What if he gets hit and then you got to have Ty Simpson come in the game? Yeah, it's just like the, the – con, the Notre con- Dame boy's gone? Yeah. He's no – <laughs> Conversely, like 
Milrow has been hit a lot, but you've seen him get back up and make plays. And I honestly, I wonder about, like, I have loved watching Carson Beck throw the football this year. He has not been hit. And when no, he does, what happens? They've, well, I mean, any quarterback, same, yeah. right? Pressure affects yeah. everyone, but yeah. it's their line. Their line is playing really well. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I keep saying, I've been saying this for a month now. I don't think anybody beats Georgia. I think if someone, someone does beat him, it's probably going to be Alabama. But I just, man, the more I look at this thing, the more I see the way, if you watch Georgia in November, every game they've gotten better. Mm-hmm. And every game you're like, uh, how's somebody going to attack this team? Like, how are you going to attack them? And yeah. you brought up an interesting point about Van Pram being healthy. I mean, that wide receiver room, when we look back at the beginning of the season, they were as unhealthy as you can possibly be. And even now, there's still some question marks. But at the very least, if Lad McConkey can't go, you have a couple of young guys that got reps earlier in the season and could step into the slot, even if they're well, still not. But the other glove has become a legit yeah. do for them as well. So they've got guys out there. Yeah, I was going to say, the other part of it, though, is a healthy McConkey and a healthy Bowers. When's the last time both com- of those? Yeah, if they're completely right, that's healthy. The big thing. Yeah. If they're completely healthy for side, it's a good thing. Right. When's the last time both of them were on the field with Carson Beck having both players to throw the football to? One more on the defensive side as far as Georgia is concerned. Across the country, money down, third down, they are number two. That is doing work. That's getting people off the field. And so that's what Alabama But Jalen is the Jalen is the key to everything. I mean, if Milrow plays like his elite game, they absolutely can win that game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's all I'm looking for yeah. is that the his ability to run and he's improved his downfield passing. He has Tremendously made improved. plays. Yes. Yeah. And Burton has, has been on the receiving end of We We could conceivably have to win you're in games. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, Alabama's number eight. How are they going to get in the playoff? They can get in. Mm-hmm. So if they beat Georgia, and of course the winner of the Washington-Oregon game is getting in. So that's Friday night. That's a win and get in. This could be a win and get in, too, the SEC game. All, all they really need, I think, is for Florida State to lose. I'm, and then if you beat Georgia, I think they might get in, man. I think they're going to jump. Well, what if it's between one-loss Oregon and one-loss Bama? I know everyone's – myself I don't think it included, will be thinks Pac-12 is a lock, but, like, it would probably I think it would be, be. more between one-loss Texas and one-loss and one lost fan because I think and not the to mention idea Ohio is, State so you is still lurking right. too. So you're saying right. George is a lock to get in no matter what? Yeah, I think George, I think Georgia and Michigan are both in. No what if what. they get whooped? Well, if they get whooped, that's different. But if they lose by like you're talking twenty, I'm not saying I don't 14. think they will. I, I definitely don't think they'll get whooped. But yeah, if it's a, a Close 30, 20 and, point, and I don't loss. think Iowa can whoop anybody. But no, so, I'm not talking about Bama in the trenches. They can right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean if it's if if Bama, you know. Thirty-one-seven. Yeah, yeah. Then you might have Georgia's you know, out. Right. You might have a. Yeah. So you might I, have an issue with Georgia at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm predicting two unbeaten teams go down this weekend. Two unbeaten. So teams you're predicting go Louisville down. to beat FSU. Yeah, and Washington to go down. And so that's that <clears throat> does open up at least one more door. Michigan closes a door. Right. The Washington one doesn't open the door. The, the FSU one yeah. opens the door. Exactly. That's the key to everything. If you're talking about how does Texas get in, how does Alabama get in. That's the key. FSU's yeah. got to lose. Yeah, yeah. Because I still think, and whether people out there say it's real or not, I still think the committee will not say no to them if they're unbeaten. Mm-hmm. I still think they're in. Well, you're probably right about that when it comes to a conference champ. Even though they but, were pretty adamant on Tuesday saying they want the best teams I know. in. Yeah, I know. And, and, I think they said that for a reason. Greg McElroy and Herbie almost throwing punches was fantastic. And then I caught it on re-air, too, just to confirm what I what I saw over and, Zoom. And, and, as far as you're saying about Zoom. Ohio State, by the way, yeah. I think they're probably the third best team in the country right now, but they're not going to get in. 
And they you need don't, a ton of help. You don't move FSU back unless you intend to leave them out as a potential unbeaten team. Correct. You don't move them back. That's correct. So you got to remember that. That's part of it. And by the way, Boo and all of them, they're FOS anyway, okay? They are FOS. They are still going to find the best television product they can pump out. Of course out. they are, but – Trust us on that. But to be fair, Ohio State needs – Oklahoma State to beat Texas. Mm-hmm. That's a long ask. Yeah, all yeah. ask. They need Florida State to lose. They need Georgia to beat Alabama. They need all that to happen before they got a chance to get in. Mm-hmm. I think they're, if you're talking about the best four teams, mm-hmm. the Death Star is definitely one of the best four teams. Yeah, no I know. Doubt about I know. That. Yeah. But they are on the out there only on the, on the outside right. looking in right now. All right. So into the one o'clock hour, uh, chime in on that. Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641 We've been reliving memories. It's hard to imagine. 30 years ago, this NFL franchise was born. So where were you? What are your memories? November 30th, 1993. Hit us on X, our X poll brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet and Beaver Toyota. And then obviously hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures with your memory. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We've been hanging out on a Thursday and thinking back in time 30 years ago when the Jacksonville Jaguars were born. Welcome into the 1 o'clock hour. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surson, J.J. LaSelva, November 30th, 1993. Big Surson's wearing a different uniform that day uh, when it came down. And we've seen plenty of pictures that have been sent in, plenty of memories. So you can keep it going. Hit the text line. You can hit YouTube. You can also go to our X poll and tell us where you were 1993. Uh, This one says, I have the first Jags t-shirt they gave out at the first game in 95 with the label still on it. Never been worn. Also have Freddie T's rookie 8 by 10 photo with his autograph. Come on, HOF. Uh, Jags, Inc., Darren. This is actually getting back to our college football discussion. Mm-hmm. A pretty good one off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. By this college football playoff logic, if the NFL playoffs started tomorrow and Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, but the Chiefs win, should the NFL step in and say, hey, we know you guys won your game, you belong in the second round, but Mahomes is hurt, so we're going to replace you with the Bills Congrats on your good season. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't mind the argument, but it's just it's just out in the left field because we know what the NFL is, professional league, and it doesn't have a committee that votes. College football has a committee that votes. And we all know the backup for the Chiefs can go 90-plus yards yeah, against Chad Henney, any Chad other Hunter. team in the hey, playoffs. Now, he retired. He retired. This is a different former Jaguars quarterback backing up Patrick God, Mahomes I can't now. Be- I, I bet Blaine Gabbert might be able happened. to do it too. What a backbreaker that was. But – that's what it is, Leon. I mean, it, honestly, it's a committee versus – boom, that, those are your division standings. That's where your seed is, and you're going to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, professional football is far, far different than college. I mean, uh, you got these guys sitting around here making decisions on – and anybody that says this, it doesn't have to do with TV and, and, and what's going to be attractive mm-hmm. uh, for the viewer's eyes. It's crazy. But if Florida, my opinion is Florida State wins, they end. If they go 13-0, and 0, there's no way possible you can leave them out of there. Oh, there's a way. No yes, way no, possible. There's definitely bro. a way. Come on, stop it. Who? Well, give I me, mean, give me, well, just give me I'm the gonna, scenario. Well, I'm going to tell me, you why. Give okay? me the scenario. I'm going to tell you why. They win. The, the, the ultimate thing, this is the foundation of this playoff, the four best teams, not the four most deserving teams. Okay? 
If, mm. I don't know, JJ, do you still have that pulled up from Boo Kerrigan, the, the playoff uh, selection committee chairman? <laughs> yes, I do. So listen, this was listen to this, an okay? actual. Okay. This reminds this me of boo. like White House press secretary dodging questions. This is the committee chairman, okay? Mm. How yeah. many teams, if any, does the committee deem unequivocally better than the rest? Yeah, as we look at it, Reese, you know, really good weekend, right? What what rivalry weekend, you get a little bit of everything as you go into that. But, you know, uh, Georgia Tech's or Georgia's win over Georgia Tech, seeding a lot of their uh, top offensive players. You know, Michigan with the big win over Ohio State. You know, Washington pulls one out in the Apple Cup. Florida State goes down to the swamp. You know, what, what a great season it's been so far. First off, what? First off, what a great season. Georgia didn't sit a lot of their offensive players. That's another thing, okay? But he said he literally said nothing. We had a lot of of a lot of things over the holiday weekend. I know I did. Joe, he said nothing. Well, Captain Obvious. So you ask me what, why, how could it happen? Because they're going to get the four best teams in, and and there are a lot of people I can guarantee you on that selection committee do not that do not think Florida State with Tade Rodemaker. Is one of the four best teams. Mm-hmm. I, I so I, I would not that. be shocked in the what least if that happened. So if it's if this was Clemson, would it be a different scenario? Not no, or not Ohio with a, not no, not with a backup quarterback. I don't think. So. I mean, I mean, if Clemson had, had where was in Florida State position right now, with a backup quarterback, would there be an issue? Or because of their track record? Well, I mean, Florida State. I don't know. I, this I is a newbie for Florida State. I think Clemson I think, there, what, I think there might be a, a a problem because there's so many worthy teams right now. If there weren't so many, if there was only like five or six worthy teams or five, then I think Florida State could get by with it. But uh, there's too many worthy teams right now. You can go eight deep right now and say, yeah, they they could play in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think well, that, that's the issue right now that Florida State's chasing. I'm the, look, and before you guys get crazy on the text line, I'm not saying they don't deserve it. All I'm telling you you've is. You've been saying if they win, be, they're in. Right. Don't be shocked if Sunday rolls around after you guys beat Louisville and you are not in the top. Right. I, I just, well, I, I always try and remind everybody that it's not a perfect system. We have been proven that countless times. It is a flawed system, and it's also a subjective system, okay? NFL standings are win-loss record. There's And, and then after that, if they're tied, you go to tie-break, 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 right? There's all criteria there to say who's who and what's what. And every year in the NFL, we have fans go, hey, why is that? Nine and uh, the nine and eight team hosting the ten and seven team. Well, because Jacksonville won the division and LA didn't. In the in the college football game, you have a bunch of people going. You know what? We want as many eyeballs on our sport as possible. Therefore, it is a subjective, selective committee. Let's just go back to the BCS. All right, let's let the computers decide. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Computers. Could we do a situation where the computers decide? But it is a four or eight team playoff. Could well, we I tell that? you what. How about this, Leon? Uh, Josh Pate, who we've had on, and, and and I, I think he does an awesome job. CBS Sports, and anyway, he said, "Let Vegas decide." Hmm. Don't do that. That sounds so much like Saban, who last year said that if they lost two games and said, "Well, but Vegas said we would have been one of the four teams." Vegas knows. Well, you the lost best. to Tennessee, and then you lost to LSU. I don't well, to tell uh, you. Okay, Saban. Saban's just whining. You know that. But I'm saying. Vegas can find the four best teams, which is what the selection committee is trying to do. Right, but the you and I can find teams. the four best teams. I know, I know. That's so, I mean, why. it's not—it's just—it's all opinion. It's yeah. all an eye test. They can See, talk all about the metrics they want, and you know, it's about game control. What the hell is game control, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> game I've never control, that out. and so at the I, end of the I day, want. the last vote is okay. 
these are the four teams I think are the best teams. To this day, I still want more game control. And I don't always have it. It's just as simple as it gets. Too, too many emotions. Can't be involved. more honest. Than I, that. I just say go to the computers. Too much emotions involved. It's yeah. computers. Yeah. Remember what happened in two thousand? Well, yeah. they were only picking two teams then. They sacked Florida State. They sa- yeah, they sabotaged us in, in two in thousand. Sagarin. Well, I'm just saying, if you go with well, four teams, had a chance. We didn't even have a chance. You, you lost Marcus Tuiasosopo. It was game of the season. Stop it. Still we were the lost. best team this in the would country. Be, so if if Texas you know has the it. same record as yeah. Alabama and they keep Texas out, even though right. Texas beat Alabama, that would be exactly what happened in 2000. Yeah. Miami well, beat Florida State, same record. They didn't get in. Yeah, because you know what they'll do? They'll go, well, it's, it, that was then. This is now. They're a better team. No, they beat them. You're right. They beat them. And that has to count if it's in this season. has to. It should still What's count. What's even the point? It, it doesn't have to count yeah. because – Penn State beat Ohio State, and Ohio yeah. State got in, so it doesn't uh, again, have to count. Another bad example of them not letting it count. How about the fact that at one point they said, you need to win your conference, and then they changed their mind on that because the team that they thought was better well, the team that we get better didn't TV win the rate, conference. The team that we get better TV ratings. Yeah, that's always going to be what it, you know, what it boils down to, which is fine. All right, we we'll keep going to get in, by the way. Some, they're going to get in. That's going to happen. Ooh, Ohio State? Uh, something's going to happen. No in the way. Death that would be out. the craziest Saturday championship weekend if that yeah. – like so many things have to happen for well, that. I, like, like I, I, I think Oklahoma State and Florida – Oklahoma State needs to win and Florida State needs to lose for that to happen. But And Oregon needs to beat Washington. But I could also – I'm telling you, nah, I don't think it matters. I think the, yes, winner, that, I think the winner of that one's in. It doesn't yeah. matter. So – I, but I, it just eliminates a, 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 an undefeated team. I guess. Georgia, Georgia I guess. has to win, obviously. My thing is, though, if Texas loses and Georgia beats Alabama, okay? Or Alabama I should say, if, if, if Alabama loses, okay, to Georgia, Florida State loses, could I see Ohio State staying ahead of Texas? 100%. Mm-hmm. 100% I could. The committee loves yeah. Yeah, that, when that Ohio State is fifth. And they can have that national right. discourse from the Buckeyes. Like Ohio State would have a better loss than Texas, but Texas would have a much better win. Mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah, but still, it would be the stinging loss to Oak State is what it would be. And like you said, Joe, these yeah. guys don't remember a week ago. So no, like they, that no, Texas no, I mean versus if, Alabama win seems like two. years I mean, if ago. Texas wins, Joe, they still okay. I, see I still think Ohio State still would dismiss. Them. Yes, they still well, would that, dismiss. Yeah, that's what because I'm saying. By the way, and I'd have to go back and look, but their strength of record was pretty damn good. And yet oh, they would, yeah. yeah, they would figure out a way to to milk some excuse to get the Buckeyes in. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, but, 100%, but Texas man. is still a big time program they with are. a very good football team no this doubt. year. So that still will be a little tougher than normal. All right, so we'll stay on college football, but back to your memories, 1993. Let me give you one off the text line. I had just flown into New York City on a business trip, and was sitting in a cab. Just driving to the hotel, the cab driver had the radio on. I heard the announcer say, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the next NFL franchise. I let out a scream, and the cab driver almost got in an accident. I apologized and explained I was from Jacksonville. That's from Kathy, and I love it because that's because people on the outside, they're like, first off, I've never even heard of Jacksonville. That's how people were looking at this thing. Second off, how in the hell did they get an NFL team. We did. By the way, Deal with it. if you hit up the 1010 social channels, the photos are up. Mm-hmm. Where were 1010XL hosts 30 years ago? Trust me, you are going to want to go watch that video. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. As much as the focus today has been on 30 years since the Jaguars were awarded to the city of Jacksonville, 
We should also note we're approaching another milestone this Monday as Jacksonville will play on Monday Night Football for the first time since 2011. The rumors are true. Yes, it has been that long. It's been since 2008 that the Jaguars last played on Sunday Night Football. That streak expected to end in a few weeks when they host the Baltimore Ravens. I, I don't know, boys. I, has there ever been a streak quite like that for any other team in the National Football long? League that you could think of? Mm, 12 years, that's a long time. i, I, I got to um, believe the Mads have gone through it. I have to go back and look, but I'm sure Arizona went through this. I'm sure the the Clevelands and the Bengals for a while went Lions, through this. Lions, maybe. Maybe Lions. Yeah, maybe. Lions. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As a matter of fact. He said you get your Thursday Thanksgiving game and mm, you'll like it. Yeah, like it. and and that – that Thursday night season opener may have been one of the first night games they've had in a long, long time. Mm. Yeah, so Detroit might qualify for that. Cincinnati, but heck, we're going back in time for sure. Cincinnati comes to Jacksonville on Monday, and of course when they do so, it will be without Joe Burrow, which Doug Peterson was quick to make a note of um, when asked about what's different about their team than perhaps what many thought they would be at this juncture. Um, but I thought he had some interesting remarks when I asked him this morning about the Bengals' defense because a lot of those pieces are similar to the pieces we saw in the Super Bowl in 2021. So, J.J., number 11, and then we'll ask about Logan Wilson, um, who's become a pretty controversial character in Cincinnati. It's a really good, solid sound. Another another one of those defenses that's been around their coordinator for a few years now. And, and so they've got, they've got really smart, talented, physical guys, and they play sound football. And there's a lot of lot of moving parts, but it's a, it's it's not moving parts that are that's chaos. It's moving parts that are in sync with one another, uh, very detailed, and um, they play really really well. So I then <clears throat> followed it up with Logan Wilson, who of course is at the heart of that Cincinnati defense, the former Wyoming linebacker, but who came under fire a couple weeks ago after the tackle on Mark Andrews. And I don't think we had asked Doug specifically. And, Leon, I'm not sure we even – It was even, a cattle tackle. It yeah, really was. I'm not really sure we've dove that deep into this program, on this program, I should say, about should those that type of tackle be outlawed. I asked Doug about that, too. Uh, listen, you know, people are going to say what they want to say, but um, this is a good football player. You know, he's smart. He's instinctive. Um, he gets the defense lined up. He doesn't come off the field. I mean, this guy, he's all over the place. And, and he's tough. He's downhill. So – I think anybody trying to tackle Mark Andrews would have a tough time, and they have. And and so, yeah, I don't put this one on him. Was it a horse collar? I didn't, no, I didn't no, see the it's, tackle. It's, it's, it's the same you, one that got Jordan Travis, You right? pull yep. your body the to hip. them, yep. and all of your weight brings them to the ground. I call it a cattle tackle, a rodeo tackle. because you can picture hip drop tackle. Yeah, a hip mm-hmm. drop because when you're, you come off, you, so you, rope that, hurt. you rope that calf, you jump off, and then you basically are flipping them and just dropping them to the ground. Well, it is a dangerous way to tackle a player. Yeah, but, but how do you stop it? I don't know because what Doug Peterson how do you says stop is you? true. Yeah, I mean, but you're going full speed. I mean, when you're making a tackle like that, you're not yeah. you're not processing how I'm going to take the guy down. No, you're just, but, you're but, just but, but would you going agree after him. this technique all of a sudden has caught fire? So, oh, yeah, now so, everybody's I mean, pointing it out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, if guys are getting injured from that technique yeah. or whatever, I mean, yeah, of course they're going to make an issue of it. And I understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You try and bring down Mark Andrews. I totally get that part of it. I don't know how you can legislate it out. But it's causing some problems. Mm-hmm. Doug yeah. was also quick to note just how many turnovers they have. The, the Bengals have forced. Speaking of think takeaways, which of course is the mantra of this defense, but how many takeaways they've forced under Lou Anarama, Anarumo, 
since that 2021 Super Bowl season and that he noted that like that's the difference between the Bengals and other teams like that's why they've been elite is that they force turnovers and then they score off turnovers and he said even though Joe Burrow's not there and so maybe the scoring isn't there they are still forcing turnovers Mm -hmm. and we know that this team if you take away the Evan Ingram potential DPI call last week has now gone two games without a turnover after that being the biggest issue perhaps in the first half of the season. I mean, listen, the Cincinnati Bengals, although they were without Joe Burrow, I mean, they still have a championship prowess. A lot of those guys was on that Super Bowl team. So if you think this team's going to come in on Monday night because Joe Burrow's not here, then lay it down. That's not going to happen. Jaguars going to be have to be in the fist fight. I hope – and listen, this coaching staff is, is well-equipped and, and wise enough to know that you can't allow this team to think, okay, because Joe Burrow's not there, we're going to just go in there and just, you know, sweep away the Bengals. No, the, the Bengals yes. are going to – it's going to be a fist fight. I mean, you, the game against the Steelers, now I'm not even comparing our team to the Steelers' offense. But Fairmove had a day. Tiny had a day. He had like 100, what, 50 yards uh, receiving? He, uh, yeah, he just barely got back and then, being healthy. And then they rushed for 150 yards against uh, against the Bengals in the game like that. So, I mean, a 16-10 game. So, I mean, the Jaguars, I think, are much more well-equipped offensively than the Steelers are. But yeah. Just can't let, just can't let this team slide no, because of Joe Burrow. Because honestly, you can fall asleep on what's left on the schedule, not named Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You can fall asleep on a Burrowless Bengals team, a Watsonless Browns team, a, a maybe fading Bucks team, a bad Panthers team, a bad Titans team. The only one right now with playoff aspirations, real ones, are the Baltimore Ravens. And so you mm-hmm. got to be careful that you don't hit cruise control or you'll you know, one of them will pop up and hit you and you could lose you know a number one a number two seat whatever it might be obviously part of this requires jake browning to get the ball to him how do you defend jamar chase especially if t higgins returns this monday night how you defend jamar chase who, uh, who do you put on him do, do you bracket well, coverage I, I, roll I, coverage what is tyson campbell's uh, situation he Doug said hurt. he's doing better he, yeah. he doing sounded better. like he's, he's gonna weeks, practice he's, missed he's, two, gonna he might, he's gonna play it sounded like that for yeah, Doug. me too I don't know. I tend to hand me against Jamar. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to put him on there. I'll put Darius Williams on him. The hell with it. Darius was having a decent season. He's having a decent season. So against- he's a wily old vet. I mean, you know, just don't fall for that double move because it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. It'll be lights out. We'll just get yeah. pressure on Browning. That's true. Yeah. That, that, that part's true. That, that helps gonna, whoever's well, out there. I mean, and, and they got to C.J. Stroud. They just didn't corral or contain him. And so if they can do that, then you know Browning will be a guy that yep. will probably get hit a lot Monday night. They didn't trail Tank Dell, by the way. Mm. Mike Caldwell, remember last year how adamant he was when the Shaq Griffin experiment was still going on? Which, by the way, the Texans released him yesterday, LOL. Um, they were so adamant about left and right. Tyson mm-hmm. Campbell was not going to trail a number one wide, re- wide receiver. And then against the Raiders coming back from London, suddenly he was trailing Devontae Adams in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the only one, because I haven't seen Darius Williams trail a number one wide receiver when Tyson hasn't played. Yeah. So he, that that's where this is going to be so curious. If Tyson's healthy, maybe you have that opportunity. Well, but Higgins, I think, can hurt you just as bad if he's healthy. Well, I mean, listen, the Steelers did a great job against the Bengals. What they did is they made Browning beat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, the Browns, I mean, the Bengals didn't, they didn't commit too much, too much to the run. They might have. Ran the ball what 10, 11 times or whatever. I mean, but they held him on the fifty yards, and then and then T.J. Watt just you know he went after him. He had two sacks against him. So that's what you do. You stop the run. You make Browning beat you. You roll you roll coverage over the top to Chase. You play man to man or everybody else. You shut them down. Get pressure on them, and try to create some turnovers. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember Mixon's number on Prize Picks. Matt was it was. <sighs> It might have been that 67, 77 neighborhood, whatever. Right. And everyone was thinking they were going to rely on him, and they mm-hmm. did not. They only got nine touches. Yeah. yeah. Only got yeah. nine carries. And, and so that was definitely a little bit of a shock, uh, that's for sure. 
But that's what you're going to have to do. Keep dialing up pressure. Do not. And by the way, my bookie has it eight and a half, nine. Is that where it's at? Somewhere like it. in that neighborhood. Eight and a half right now? Yeah, I believe it's eight and a half. While you look that up, I do have some yeah. other numbers for you. Since yeah. a couple of our nooners have pointed out how abysmal the Bengals' offensive line has been, uh, this is courtesy of Arjun Menen, who used to work for the Jets, now does stats for some other company. Offensive linemen responsible for the highest percentage of their team's allowed pressure. Number three in the National Football League, Orlando Brown Jr., 29.7%. That was a guy who wanted to get paid, remember? He wanted to get paid. He did get paid twice. <laughs> yeah, he got let go, though, yes, by one, and then one. someone else decided exactly, to pay him. Exactly. So he's giving up 30% of the pressures? Yeah. Ooh, wow. And that's not a good offensive line to begin with, despite mm-hmm. everything they've invested in it. That's the True. crazy True. part. Yeah, I'm sure Josh Allen is watching that. Oh, and these are the ones. That nine, you, by the way, Joe. It is, is it now, now a nine-point okay, line in favor of the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Wow. All right. So it's moving in that direction, and the, the total, I believe, the total is around 38, 39 points. So that means they think it's going to be all Ville and no Bengal, uh, which would be fine with me if that's the way it goes. Um, all right, we're going to try and hook up uh, with a gentleman who was in the room. Hopefully we can do this uh, before the day is done. But in the room – in Chicago, when all this went down 30 years ago, November 30th, 1993, because that was when your Jacksonville Jaguars were born uh, as a franchise. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great feeling to look back and remember all that stuff. So we'll do a little bit more of that before we are done on uh, Excel primetime on a Thursday. Tomorrow, Players Grill Mandarin. So if you want to drop on by and give us one of those Duval memories from back in the day, uh, you definitely can do that. Uh, we will be right there on San Jose Boulevard and would love to see you drop on by and say hey to XLP. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. It's been fun hearing from a lot of people going down memory lane uh, with 30 years to the day of November 30th. 1993, the Jaguars were awarded, or the Jacksonville City was awarded uh, the franchise, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the National Football League. I heard from Jim Dalton, and, and, and Jimmy reminded me, and I know that Lamb was in Chicago, like I said, Pete and Sam and a handful of others, but Jim reminded me that, you know, when you go back, there's only so many closed-door meetings, and it's Super Bowl sites and commissioner choices and so on and so forth, and they do not like information getting out. So anyway, Jim, who the Dalton Agency certainly is a recognizable business here locally, um, but he was in the room with Wayne Weaver, Peter Rummel, and Tom Petway. Now remember, Matt, Tom Petway and all of them, they were all touchdown Jacksonville. Oh, Rick yeah. Catlin and so many others. Yeah. We're talking central figures in the sports world. Jake Godbold was the first mayor that said he's the one who answered the letter originally and said, hey, we'd be interested in NFL franchise. That goes all the way back. Uh, to the to the Colt Fever story, um, and it's just something else when you think of what the city had to prove and do, and when you're talking about proving that a market that was at that time outside of the top fifty in the in the in the United States and did not have another professional sport of any kind other than the success of the USFL Jacksonville Bulls in the mid '80s, this was a uh, it's a bit of a home run and a, a major upset in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, David Selden, the guy who came in here and yeah. ruffled a lot of feathers initially, he was huge for that. Mm-hmm. Huge. What was what what was his SM? Was SMG? What, what what was the company he was with that ran? 
was the Pritzkers, and they ran like the, the Forum in Philadelphia. They ran a bunch, of, and they ran the the Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum too, right? Yeah. So that was SMG. SMG, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, SMG so he was part yeah. of that, and then he went to the Jags and ruffled a lot of feathers by telling people the harsh truth in this city, and it changed things. When yeah. did they decide to call it the Jaguars? Well, it's so funny because one of our guys on the text line, he is lobbying hard to this day for Duval Destroyers. And he says he wants to be a nooner. He's not going to be an official nooner until he gets some recognition. He also recognition. is no longer on social media. Yeah. yeah, he wants recognition, and he wants an ex-poll to decide whether we should actually, on this 30th anniversary, if we should just go ahead and change the name. On to this the Duval blessed Destroyer. day. Uh, and I, I like look, the commanders myself. It was, I, I really think it was just the alliteration, Jacksonville Jaguar, after all. Uh, they don't roam but these parts. But was it like right away? Like, did they have that name ready to go when they got the franchise? Apparently, or was it like after? They, they, they definitely had, had T-shirts. Yeah. They oh, definitely okay. had it ready so. to go. Yeah. Okay. They, they had yeah. contesting back yeah, then. Yeah, they needed a contest. Yeah, asking the team people. And, Apparently, you know, it was what, Sharks was another option, I think Yeah, because That's they had. The World Football League. Yeah, yeah, they had the you know Jacksonville Bulls with Fred Bullard was the reason why they came up with that name. <laughs> the Jacksonville Sharks was one of those old WFL or whatever, mm-hmm. which is a good name as well. It certainly would have worked. We have more sharks around here than we have. Jaguars. We do. It's a fact. Yeah, but I love the logo and love everything uh, about it. But yeah, you go back in time, and and there were some nervous moments. And I'll remember a lot of people that said, you know, in those ten days where they had to sell ten thousand club seats, some big, deep pockets stepping stepped up to make up. sure. Yes. Yeah. Some of those Tim Aquana pockets stepped up, baby. Well, yeah, and beyond. You know, it's so funny. Hey, kids, you're going without Christmas. The old school. Order in these club seats. The old school cash. Uh, to make sure. But, yeah, it, it and it took a lot. And, by the way, smaller population, all yep. the things that yep. were kind of working against them. Because Baltimore wanted to get a team going yeah. again. St. Louis. You mentioned Memphis. Anyway, there were a handful of those types of cities that thought that they – should be getting a team. And this was like a small market. Like, mm-hmm. it's considered a small market now. Yeah. Back then, uh, yeah. I got news for you people. There was no Mandarin back then, okay? Yeah. Like, there's once you got near that water, it was all just, what was it considered? Uh, Switzerland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Switzerland. It's yeah. still technically considered Switzerland. That's, south of. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah, Mandarin County. just, you know, All that stuff, like, out there, Oak Leaf, it's just, that was all trees. and like all. It's, it was a much smaller city Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, no, they're actually, like, the neighborhood, like, when you get past Bartram Trail, it's still considered Switzerland. That. Yeah, look it up on a map. All the St. John's County stuff, the explosion, well, just, none just, of it. Just none think of, of the, the Alps. The, the same. The St. John's Town Center, none of that. Right. None of that was none around. None of that. Bro, I, listen, I, I was I, I was raised in Orlando. I played at Miami. I had no idea Jacksonville existed. <laughs> yeah. Until we came and That's played. That's It was so much smaller I, well, I than people think back then. You were then. in Orlando when you did Exactly. Know. I had no idea that Jacksonville was just north of me. Yeah. Only time I knew about Jacksonville was when we played them when I was a Steeler. You know, when you got, we, we used to joke, like, when you got really south on 13 is when you hit Bulls. Mm-hmm. Like much further than bulls, and it's you know you're getting a little. Oh yeah, you don't know sketch. if you're gonna, you don't know if you're going to get back or not. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. How small the city was. Yeah, it it, wow. it 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 really is something when you think about it. So we've gone from that to here we are, uh, you know, filling up the bank and 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 no more chatter about you know because they went through the first three years where there had to be a three year commitment, right. and then once they ended that commitment, it was pricey for a lot of people. They didn't renew, and then obviously back then there were blackouts. And you had a lot of blackouts where you weren't able to watch the game, and that hurt bars and businesses and a lot of other things. And 
there were so many things that you now, went through to prove that you were worthy. Now, now TC was hired right after the college football season, right? Ninety four. Ninety four. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and he, took, okay. he did a whole year. And mm-hmm. he, if you can go back and listen on wherever you get your podcast, mm-hmm. listen to the Frangie show yesterday. He actually went in depth with them about what he did during that one year, where mm-hmm. he didn't have a team, but he was building this roster, building the staff. There was one desk, and Wayne Weaver had it, unless Wayne wasn't around, and then TC could sit at the desk. Everybody was in, you know, uh, yeah. whatchamacallit, uh, trailers, mm-hmm. because there were no offices. Mm-hmm. His introductory presser was in a bank. Yeah. Not the bank, like in yeah. a yeah. bank. That's well, why I always like to remind people, Gene Smith was around yeah. since the trailer. <clears throat> yeah. He was hired in the trailer. Wow. And then just slowly moved from scout, scout, scout. Right. And then a, and then a bad general manager. Yeah, because JJ earlier in the production meeting, the original 10 athletes that were here, yeah. I only named one. I had the no Mangler. Other, the Mangler. The Mangler was on the original 10 I knew. But the other four guys I knew, like Randy Jordan and all the other guys that he said, I played with Ricky Shaw, all those kind of guys. They played with me when I got yeah, here. Yeah, so we got Hillary Butler. Mm. Um... We have Shannon Baker, Randy Jordan, Shannon Ernie Baker, Logan, maker, yeah. Chris Logan. Williams, obviously the Mangler, Ricky Sutton, Ricky Shaw, Farrick Collins, and Jason with two S's, Simmons. Is there like a plaque in the stadium for the for the original 10? There might be. Probably. There should might be. be in the new stadium. Mangler, where are you? We should be you. in the new stadium. Yeah, there might be. By the way, I know Mannion was there. When they got the team, okay, it was a yeah. little hyperbole. People yeah. relax. Yeah, they got exactly. really upset. It about was like that. a tiny little spot back then. People well, don't understand sarcasm. What's all right, so let, let me give you this one because this is uh, this is from Scoggs, and he's one of our diehard nooners. Okay, and so he tells the story, and you know he's part of the the PepsiCo people, which we have Gatorade and, and all that. So he goes, it was mid afternoon when the announcement of the team for Jacksonville came out. I was a Frito Lay route guy, servicing the pick and save on Lone Star Road. This is where I step off of his message. My grandmother lived on Lone Star Road, so I, I love, I can immediately see where he was at. The pick and save on Lone Star. They had the service TVs all on for the announcement, and the whole store went crazy when they said Jacksonville. The store manager, curmudgeon, was hooting and hollering over the loudspeaker. First time I've ever heard him, or ever seen him smile. Took advantage of his good mood and got an extra display for Frito. <laughs> That's just awesome. I mean, those were the stories. Those are real, you know, moment by moment when you found out that this team was going to be. And now look at Skoggy. He's developed kind of like the Jags have developed. Now he's like the king over there. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, Skoggs is running the whole show right now. But uh, it's just awesome when you start thinking about it. All right, we'll wrap up our show and we will get ready for the next show. And then we got our takeaways. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Lauren Brooks joins us now as we get ready for the Frangie Show, the short shift for us. This is the only time Leon has to do a takeaway, so he's got to think about it. That's true, but that means he has all week to prepare it. Yeah, he does. He is ready to go. (laughs) I got a feeling. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what it's going to be. All right, so Uh. uh, 1993. Yeah, I was 11 years old and in St. Paul's Catholic School at the beach, and I don't think I had any idea that one day I would be 30 years later talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's something else. In the city, I can't stress it enough, they wanted to be known as a big-time city, not Calford, and that, that, that did it. Yeah, absolutely. Although I still think nationally we're viewed as Calford. I think there's still people who have no idea all that we have to offer. And you know what? That's fine. I love it. I don't want them to know. I was going to say, because you know what? 
millions of people have discovered, maybe not millions, but thousands of people have discovered how great Jacksonville is over the last three years. Yeah. I was going to refrain from airing out dirty laundry, but since you brought it up, I had to do a call-in with the Bengals official station yesterday. Their last question. So, uh, what, what, when the Jags move to London, are you moving with them? <laughs> yeah. I wish I was kidding. I came yeah. in and told our general manager, Steve Griffin, and he was like, insert name of station here, and I said, yep. Yeah, they won't stop. They'll keep trying that. They'll and I, I, that, so I told them I guess to, they're jealous. I told them to ask. Well, I said that's why I said to Steve. I said they're jealous because they have to live in Ohio. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then I said, you know, I go, my response to you would be uh, ask an intelligent question because mm-hmm. um, why would all this money have been invested to build the Miller Electric Center? There's a Four Seasons that is being built as we speak. Oh, and by the end of quarter one, the plan is you'll have plans for a billion-dollar investment. Yeah, but, yes, a, continue. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so to your point, Lauren, that's – Still being asked that, and I had a Buffalo and a Rochester station ask me it a few weeks ago. Or too. you could have just said, you live in Ohio, man. Yeah. Suck yeah. it. Should have yeah. just left it at that. <laughs> All right, yeah, what's coming true. up? <laughs> oh, we have a lot to do. Greg McGarity will join us. Rick Ballou will join us. We've got our picks today because I'm off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot to do. All right, we'll hustle up. Get we'll ready to do. go. We've got two hours like you did. All right, so Lauren, Frank, Hayes, RJ, it'll all be coming up. Uh, real quick before the takeaway, and I appreciate uh, this reminder, uh, off the text line, special shout-out to my father. This is the uh, individual texting in, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan was part of the Sports and Entertainment Board. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah. He was a big figure, yep, uh, yep. pretty involved uh, bringing the NFL to Jacksonville. So, absolutely, uh, he deserves a mention for sure. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All right, sir, you ready for your takeaway? My takeaway, ninth, yeah. Uh, yeah, my takeaway is 1993. This team, uh, Jacksonville got this team and um, pulled me away from Pittsburgh. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's uh, and I have no I regrets. Like. No regrets. Yeah, because if it hadn't happened, you would have to live in here. Western Pennsylvania. Uh, exactly. I thought yeah. you were going to say, well, my takeaway is, I thought Leon was going to say, my takeaway is 30 years later from the growth to now winning the Super Bowl, because I think you did say that prior to the season. So stay on that horse, man. I'm on the horse. All right. Giddy up. Takeaway, Mia. Uh, my takeaway is uh, the, the the Jaguar team that you all love to question out there: national media, regional media, Ohio media. Nine point favorites over your Cincinnati Bengals Monday night, according to the the sources in the desert. Have there you fun go. With that. Uh, my takeaway: the memories of all this. Uh, Lamb, as DJ Dell pointed out, Lamb dancing on a table in 1993 is still a great memory. It really is. And then. Charles from the West Side, he is now officially a Nooner. So those are two things that we can take away from today. And let's still celebrate 30 years later. This franchise is right now rocking and rolling as strong as it's been in its existence. It may be going deeper than ever in the postseason. We are done. We hand it off to the Frangie Show. We'll be at the Players Grill Mandarin, San Jose Boulevard, tomorrow at noon. So hopefully you'll be able to drop on by and say, hey, Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sergeant JJ. Mm-hmm.